0: Welcome to the C Suite Mentor, the place where you will learn the tools, strategies, and mindset to scale your business sustainably and build a lasting legacy. I'm your host, Teresa Cantley. As a fellow CEO, I understand what it takes to scale a business to seven and multiple eight figures. It's not necessarily what you might think, it requires a complete shift in how you think, strategize, and execute key actions in your business. My mission is to help CEOs step back into the driver's seat of their business by optimizing their operations, empowering their team, and staying in total alignment with their big vision. So are you ready to exchange everything that hasn't worked for strategies at will? You're in the right place. So let's go. I am joined today by my friend, she is also a client of mine. Um, I met her mom um, in a mastermind that I did this year with Jasmine Starr. And I'm super excited to have Reagan Ivy here today from oh. Consumed Coaching um, yeah. live on the podcast.
1: So <laughs> welcome. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored to be here. And I'm so excited just about the conversation we're going to have. And oh, man you guys. I'm pumped.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. One thing I've learned about, um, Reagan and her mom is they have very infectious smiles. So if you're, if you're watching this on LinkedIn, um, or on Facebook, you're going to see that. But if you're not, and you're listening to this on in the car or while you're walking, you're going to be able to hear that infectious smile come through the mic. So we are going to get this interview started. Um, so Reagan, Tell me a little bit, and I'm so glad that I called it consume coaching and not kingdom coaching because <laughs> I keep calling it the wrong thing. So, such a thing. God is with me today. Um, so, tell me a little bit about tell me a little bit about your background. Actually, you know what? I do have your bio. Let me read. Reagan is a powerhouse in the realm of Christian coaching. She began her journey in the industry at the tender age of 25 when she co-founded consume coaching. By 27, she ascended to the role of COO, setting the strategic direction for what is now recognized as an industry-leading Christian coaching company. She is also the creator of the Ivy Collective and the Ivy Collective podcast, a space for Christian women to be encouraged, find community, grow in business, go to greater depths in the relationship with the Lord, and live out their calling. So... Now I'm gonna have you tell your story. So tell us a little bit about you and how you get
1: started. Oh man! Well, that was just such a cool experience. I don't know that I've ever gotten to hear someone like read my bio. I kind no, of had really a picture of like the happy birthday song, and also like, <laughs> wow, wow, this is so cool, you know, kind <laughs> of. But um, yes, so man, our story is uh, kind of a wild ride in the way that Consumed Coaching started. Um, one is. Let's see. It, I'm trying to think of, do I start with like all the way back where Consumed Coaching, like the name came from, which is like a harder story. So I'll just share a snippet of you that. You do you. You uh, do you. Perfect. Well, Consumed Coaching really came from our ministry called Consumed by the Call Ministries. Um, we started uh, because my dad was a pastor, a senior pastor, and his last sermon before he was tragically killed in a car accident was Consumed by the Call. And after that, we felt the Lord call us to pick up His ministry by doing evangelism. So for three and a half years, my mom would do a daily devotional on Facebook live at 730 in the morning, which if you ever get to interact with my mom, you will know that was very crazy and had to be a God call because my dad would have to put coffee under her nose at 9am. You know, just live in the homeschool ministry family life. You know, we didn't have to wake up super early. So the fact that she did that for three and a half years was crazy. We spoke all over the nation and just shared our story. Well, I said three and a half years because that was 2017. So three and a half years in, um, the Lord told my mom, "Like you're going to become a coach. And so she was like, okay, got her certification, did all of those things. And then He said, now you're going to become a sales and leadership coach and use what I've taught you in business to coach other salesmen and do all that. So she was pulled into corporate, which was very crazy for our family, who had been doing ministry all the time. And then I um, think two, two years into it, My whole family got the dreaded disease, except for me. And so, um, yes, COVID. Oh my gosh, 2021, it was on my birthday too, which was just a great day, you know, at 25, Mm -hmm. celebrating in lockdown. So, it was crazy. And so, we were interrupted, shut down. The Lord just like put us in the house. And so my mom was having to do an online kind of conference thing. And God whispered to her as she's laying on the couch, just hating life because (laughs) she was so sick. Um, He said, I want you to just go and start your own coaching company. And so it became Consumed Coaching. We started March 2021, two and a half months later of a lot of prayers, a lot of, are you sure this is it? And yeah, so our passion is to help Christian um, men and women to discover their calling and live it out. In business, um, we also offer a certification program, which was a crazy God story of how that even started. And we've um, certified nearly a 100 coaches, which is mind-blowing. Yeah, so it is just taken off. My constant comment whenever people ask me about Consumed is, I feel like I have whiplash all the time because I'm like, what are we doing? This is crazy. And just feels like a wild ride. And that's why I'm so thankful to be working with Teresa too, because she has been helping me figure out like this new role of being COO, which is totally new. And uh, just to figure out how to bring clarity and... Mm. Succinctness and not just making everything a roller coaster ride. Whereas mm. on a roller coaster, there is one track, not a billion, right? So, yeah, no, that's so true. So,
0: so true. And so often when people are going through a shift, and I deal with this a lot with people that I work with, when they're shifting from one role to another, they're trying to jam everything in and do it so fast. And what happens is they end up being reactive. And yeah, like there's one track on the roller coaster. And if you're reactive, you're going to go off the track, which is what ends up happening. And they can't get back on the track. So they end up functioning in chaos or just kind of reacting to every single thing that's happening and just can't figure out like what ends up. So, yeah, it's definitely um, and it's good that you notice that because... (laughs) Some people, some people don't. And then it's like, you know, they end up burning out. So, um, so what is the one thing that you see people struggling with, Mm -hmm. like as they come into your world, this is live people. This is live. We got dogs barking. We have doorbells ringing. You never know what will happen. So what is the thing that you see people struggling with the most, whether they're coming to you to be certified, they're coming to you for coaching. What is that thing that people are struggling with the most, especially, you know, you guys got started with this during COVID. So like, what is like, what, what is it that you see the most? Mm.
1: Yeah. I see that people are longing to make an impact on the world, right? Our clients, they are just desiring to, um, you know they see the world in chaos and they know that they have a role to play in being able to bring some order in right and so the problem is is that they long to make an impact but they have a lack of clarity on how to actually accomplish it or they have a mindset issue of limiting beliefs to be able to live it out it's mm. just this constant battle of You know, they don't have anybody to talk out their dreams and visions that they have. They see something that could be bigger. They see something, but it's very hazy or it has a lot of assumptions from friends and family and going like, honey, I don't know if that'll make money. (laughs) You know, they're doing all of the things and a lot of doubt. So yeah, they just have a lack of clarity and understanding of where to take action. So in the coaching industry... And the coaching industry
0: kind of going along with, you know, what is the thing that people struggle with? And you had said, like, they have limiting beliefs that are holding them back. And you do a lot to uncover that and uncover what those limiting beliefs are Mm -hmm. and then help them to kind of reframe, you know, that thing that they need to do the most. How do you help them reframe that? Like... In a nutshell, I mean, we could probably talk for hours about that, but what is the biggest thing that you guys do to help them reframe those limiting beliefs? Because everybody's got them. And they come up, in my opinion, they come up when you are about to go to the next level. And, you know, how I look at it, and my therapist um, pointed this out as well, is that is the devil. That is the, you know, like, the evil force, the, whatever you believe in trying to hold you back instead of shining your light. So Absolutely. what is, cause that's what evil's purpose is, is to prevent you from shining your light and to hold Absolutely. you back. So, and what, what God wants us to do, what, you know, the universe wants us to do again, whatever it is that you believe in is to shine our light and to really live into our purpose. So what do you do to help people to kind of move through that?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think the main basis that we have to get to, and I've done this with my clients, is I have to figure out their definitions and the things that they hold to, right? So all of our, I would say 99.9% of our clients are Christians. Um, So their basis is the word of God. And so we have to get to where they have something to stand firm on. And so we can attack those limiting beliefs with truth. And Mm. so in that, we have to go, I remember one of my clients, she was just struggling with feeling like everything that she desired to do was a mosh like crazy. She wanted to be a comedian, a author, a writer, a coach, like all of these different things, right? And normally the people in her life would say, "Hun, you got to pick one. And so we had to go to, and she's a Christian as well, we had to go to, okay, wait. When God created the universe, Whenever everything was set in place, he used his words and every word was intentional. And so if he intentionally designed my client, then every desire that she has that is given to her by God, because she's gifted in all of them, was not something that should be limited. Instead, it should be explored by putting puzzle pieces together. And that puzzle piece, every single one of those are actually my client. It makes her. And so in her coaching company, she's can use the fact that she's done com- like she's a comedian she's a wordsmith she's a singer and all of those things because her clients will resonate with the fact that she's a creative. And so the limiting belief has to go away because no she's not crazy for wanting to do all of the things. Instead it's just figuring out how all the pieces fit together. And mm. so that's what I've kind of seen with my clients. Interesting. So Because I know when I first started my
0: business, um, the absolute first mentor I ever studied under was Marie Forleo. And she used to always say, because I had a lot of people that told me, like, you got to pick one thing. People used to always say, you're either a coach or a consultant. You can't be both. And I was like, well, why not? And then when I listened to her and I went through one of her programs, and like I said, she was one of my first mentors, like back in like, It was like 2013 or something. She said she talks a lot about being a multi passionate entrepreneur.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's, and I love the way that you talk about, you know, how if somebody wants to do all these different things, they might not necessarily have an occupation as a singer and an occupation as this, but you pull all of those strengths in or all of those things that she loves into what she's doing. And that's what makes her unique. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Man, because it's so funny how our world, like we have this idea that we want it to be where everyone can do everything, but they also want to keep it in the order that makes them feel comfortable. And so whenever you look at, just like you said, a coach, If you are good as a consultant and a coach... So a coach is someone who asks questions, right? They pull Mm -hmm. out from the client. But a consultant is one who pours into the client. And the balance of that, because, Teresa, that's what I've experienced with you, is you are such a powerful consultant and coach. You pull out for me the things that need to come out to the surface, my own limiting beliefs, my own things. I'm like, I'm trying to make sense of this. But also you bring your expertise because of the things you've walked through and your experiences as a consultant. I need both. And that's why it's been so powerful to work with you. And so with everyone in their business, of course, Like you have to be multi-passionate because that is who you are. Like, I have things yeah. I love. I don't want to just love being a COO. I don't want to just love being a coach. I want to love everything that I'm gifted in and use that because, like we said, it's the unique part of us and what draws people to relate to us well. Mm, yeah.
0: That's so powerful. And thank you so much for that, for the props. This is supposed to be about you. But <laughs> oh my gosh, no! Yeah. But thank you. No one's ever no one's really ever like put it to me that way. Well, I shouldn't <laughs> say that. Maybe one person. But thank you. That was oh, that was goodness. just like so unexpected and so nice. Like oh. it makes my it makes my heart happy to hear that. Oh, um man. so cuz I mean, like I said, for the longest time I was a consultant cuz I thought that's what I was supposed to be. And yeah. then I was like I hate being a consultant. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> hate it. Yes. like I'm going to be a coach. Yeah, so I've never heard anybody like say it to me that way. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where your coaching comes in. Oh, yeah. so that's it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's a really, that's a really amazing way to put it because people are not one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone said to me most recently, um, we're human beings. Yes. So we need to be who we are. And mm-hmm. most people aren't one dimensional.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, most people are multi dimensional. So you're right. I mean, and I think it's a powerful thing that you're coaching your clients to bring all of that uniqueness into what what they do um, because that's who they are.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I love you're, that.
1: Like, golly, that's the point. Just what we were talking about earlier in order for you to shine your light, you have to shine all of it. Like Mm -hmm. if we just put it down to one sliver of a on a flashlight or a torch, oh my goodness, like you have this itty bitty thing that can't do much. But whenever we open it up to be full, then the stories that we walk out, the businesses that we create have this ability to really make a difference. But whenever we try to stay so small and so minute in the things that we do. Golly, like you can't make really an impact with that. You know, Mm -hmm. like you can hyper focus a laser, and it's true, but that laser has to use the full capacity that it is. But we tend to treat it like we're trying to make it small and small and small, but it has to have the full power behind it Mm -hmm. in order for it to make the like the burn or the impact or whatever it needs to make. So that's why, yeah, you have to use it all.
0: So, why do you think people are afraid? I was going to ask you another question, but I'm going to ask you this since Mm -hmm. we're on the but why do you think people are afraid once they figure out what their passions are or what those strengths are? Why do you think, and they kind of like put this little glimmer out there, little glimmer, believe me, I was like this. Why are they afraid to go all in with that full capacity and like really let it like shine out there? What is it that even though they've kind of gotten through that and they recognize that limiting belief or, and you work through this stuff, because there are so many people who still don't fully put themselves out there. I mean, I have a client who we were talking about something and she told me something that was just so powerful. And I was like, why don't you talk about this on social media? And she said, well, I talk about it in my consultations. I'm like, well, why don't you talk about it on social media? And she said, well, that's my secret sauce. Well, that's what you want to talk about. <laughs> like want to like put that out there. So what, and what we uncovered is there was some fear there. But why, like, what is it that, or why do you think that people don't like, once they figure it out, they
1: are still afraid to like put it out there. Oh, man. It, it's so funny that you ask that question because that is how I was for 10 years. You see, so 10 years ago, I was 17. And so like, itty bitty baby. Um, but the thing is, is um, in my world, you were an itty bitty baby. <laughs> right? I know. That wasn't that
0: long ago for
1: you. Here's, I know, 10 years. But it still feels like because my little brother's 17. And so I'm yeah. like, you're a child. Like, what are you oh, talking man. about? It's crazy. 17 but, was a long time ago for me. Oh man, that's oh, a real thing. 31 oh. years. Oh my goodness. And you don't even look like that. No way. Like, no way. That's crazy. 48. Forty-eight. Oh my, word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but to your question, so 17, I was, um, some people that were really dear to my life for a long time um, had said some things about me and they weren't true. And it was like, just, it was in the midst of some chaos and just the enemy got in. So, you know, the devil got into that situation. And because of that, I did this whole thought processing. I will never feel that way again. No one will ever say that about me again. Mm. And so because of that, I lived smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Even though if you had looked at me whenever I was 15, um, it was the... Well, I spoke on stage all my life, but whenever I was 15, it was the first time I ever spoke in front of hundreds and near a thousand people and I got to share my testimony. And then once that moment happened in 17, I started turning down events that people were asking me to speak at because I was so worried that people would have something negative to say again. And so because of the fear of negative feedback or even worse, like we see in our culture today, haters, cancel culture, anything like that. And the truth is, is regardless of what you say, you will be hated by someone. And Mm -hmm. our ideas and the things that is fully who we are is something created to be able to have a purpose in the world. And so of course the enemy, darkness, like we talked about, anything like that will want to stop it and it will create lies and fears. And so it wasn't until this year that I finally like unloaded that moment on my family. And I know people say this all the time, like, oh, your family, they just love you. They'll say all the nice things. But let's be honest, y'all. Like your family has seen you at your worst. Like mm-hmm. they have seen yeah. you be just a horrible person. They know you, you know? And they were the ones who looked at me and said, Reagan, I don't see one line of truth in any of the statements that were said about you. And it made me just sob. And I realized I had been holding on to lies, even though I had completely forgiven those people, even wrote them a letter, reconnected with them about three years ago, but I had never given up the words. And so that is the thing. It's like, that's why we hold back is because we're so afraid of what people will think. Even being on social media, that was so hard for me. I was, um, let's see, January 31st of this year. And uh, Teresa, I don't know if I've even told you about this, but January 31st, I opened up my Instagram. I had finally decided I was going to really take being a coach seriously, not just kind of happenstance share it, not kind of be like just in my story so it would go away. I, you know, wouldn't have to have the awkwardness that people are like trying to sell to me all the time, you know? But I finally was like, okay, I'm going to post. And my facebook and my instagram got hacked and deleted and i could not get back into them <gasps> gone oh my god gone and so i threw a pity party like i was like lord like what in the heck like you know i was like i finally was going to do this and the lord like took me back to january 1st and he said i want you to be putting out videos every single day and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of scary. I'd rather talk in my story, so it'll go away, and I can say really good truth and like be all out there and share everything in things that can go away, not things that people can comment on." And so, the only social media outlet that was still accessible to me was TikTok. And so, <laughs> February first, I have been since February first, I have posted every single day on TikTok and since march 31st i believe i post i reopened an instagram and started posting every single day on there and fully showing up and now yeah. it's where i'm getting like more hate comments more just people like disagreeing with me but the truth is is that if there's no one who disagrees with you you're blending in with the crowd and you're not making an impact and so you know so even this cool. week I've decided I'm going to be even more out there and sharing and being very honest rather than trying to tickle the ears of everyone listening. Right. So because we have to show up as who we are because people will relate to that. And our clients and everyone we work with are going to say, wow, I want to work with her because I get it. Like she gets me. And that's not to say like being, you know, crazy and not being able to really, you know, serve clients. Well, we have to be careful with our words. It's not to be rude, but to be all that we're supposed to be. It's so. Yeah. Wow. And you do,
0: I mean, you're on social media because I see you all the time. Yes. Um, <laughs> at, wow. I can't believe your account got, got shut down. That's crazy. Oh man. It's craziness. Crazy. Well, I pushed you over to TikTok for a reason. Oh, I did. (laughs) (laughs) And TikTok is good. So it's not like, I mean, that was actually probably the better one to like, to really get like, start getting seen on, you know, but wow. Oh my gosh. So, you know, the coaching industry, Mm -hmm. because you hear it all the time, especially since COVID, everybody wants to be a coach. Everybody thinks they're a coach. Coach Coaches, coaching coaches to be coaches. So going along with what you just said, how do you handle when people say stuff like that? When people say, oh, you're just another coaching business or, you know, like, do you really have what it takes to be a coach? Because everybody's a coach. Like, how
1: do you handle? I mean, I'm sure you guys get that. From people. Oh, man. <laughs> Definitely. So. I think the first thing that makes me laugh is I had those thoughts about coaching at first. And so I get it. <laughs> like, I remember, it, like, the first time I ever heard my mom saying she wanted to be a coach, I laughed so hard. And I was like, Mom, have you not seen those movies? Like, have you not seen The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody or um, that? Jim Carrey movie, like, you know, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, right. And you just kind of think, like, a oh, life coach. Okay. You know, that's kind of crazy. Um, and then, of course, you hear the statistics like every two years, a coaching company closes, and you're like, oh, well, this is great because and it's becoming a more saturated market. But here's the thing whenever people experience the process of coaching as they sit down across the table or over a Zoom call, And they have someone genuinely asking them questions to uncover inside of them who God has created them to be is the most freeing and the most powerful experience you will ever have. And so that's why we're like, man, you know, and I have people all the time. They start talking to me and I ask them their story and I ask them deeper questions and they're like, I've never shared this with anybody. And I'm like, Yeah, because this is what I'm paid to do. You know, this is my profession. And they go, Girl, I'm gonna have to save up money or they go <laughs> I'm gonna have to get on your calendar right now. And so the thing is, is there will always be skeptics about everything. I mean, genuinely, the first time that a smartphone came out, and I just purchased and I'm in the list on back order for the new iPhone, you know, and you hear like, I remember whenever iPhones came out, and you're like a touchscreen and all of those different things or Um, I actually had a professor in college and he was among the first people to hear that they were going to put a chip in our debit cards instead of doing the swipe. And I'm going like, what? How is that going to be beneficial? Is that going to be safer? And so the thing is, is across the board, there will be skeptics, but there are people that are out there who need us to show up. And they're going to not be a skeptic and they're going to cut through all of the noise to get to you And so I care more about the clients I can serve than the people who think I'm crazy for doing what I do. Mm. So,
0: you know, you had a college professor that talked college professor that talked about putting a chip in a credit card. I had a college professor (laughs) that that (laughs) challenged the class and said that Jesus was the bastard son of a Roman soldier. Two two, two totally different professors.
1: I, I, I was a theology major. So yeah, I can imagine like that question probably wouldn't have been posed. I, I mean, I grew up Catholic. And I almost fell off my chair. I was like, Oh, oh my God. <laughs>
0: who says that? Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I mean, it literally, like the first day of class, it was um the Bible, something and something. And it was the Bible, religion, and something. And I went to a I went to a Lutheran school. Yeah. And um I'll never forget first day of class, she walks in, she puts her book down and she turns around and says, so I have a question for all of you. Was Jesus the bastard son of a Roman soldier? I was like, what? What?" I thought, what class am I in? Am I in the right Red class? I think I need to know.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, sorry. Oh man, no, I don't know if I would have laughed my head off or if I would have been like raising my hand and being like, let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at the time, talk about
0: like being one of those people that really didn't speak their mind because that was me back then. But I was just like, man, what class did I take? And I went home and I was like, Dad, I think I need to switch classes. And he was like, why? And I told him and he goes, No, you stay in that class. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you. It's a very bizarre class. But anyway, I can imagine. Oh, my word. Like, has, like you had somebody that talked about chips and credit cards. That's who I had. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. All good. Oh so gosh. we're going to shift gears a minute. Um, mm-hmm. So tell me, you know, I've been working with you. Um, you've been a coach for the longest time, and your mom has elevated, like, she's elevating into the role of CEO of a coaching business, not. A coach that owns a business, right? but the CEO of a coaching business. Mm-hmm. And you're elevating into the role of COO, which we all know that a COO and a CEO have to be in alignment and have to work together. And that's mm-hmm. so important to have that synchronicity, but it doesn't come without struggles. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what has been probably like the thing that's been the hardest for you? And I know like you've just started this journey in this new, you know, next level path, but mm-hmm. what has been the thing that has been the biggest struggle for you in stepping into this new role, mm-hmm. considering, you know, you've always helped people to do this. Now you're the one that has to do it.
1: Right. Right. Oh, man. And on top of that, she's my mom. Like, you know, so yeah, exactly.
0: you later, right? that adds a whole <laughs> other dynamic.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think the hardest part, and we've actually been in conversation about this this week. And so it's really cool that you ask that. The hardest part for me has been to own the authority that I have and to trust myself to make decisions. Because... um, my mom worked this business. I helped her. There was a lot of back-end stuff that I helped in. But she's been the one running this thing. And I have been very gratefully riding her coattails in this. And so now is the time that I'm like, okay, I'm ready to carry the weight along with you. So the hardest part for me has been that just to own the fact that I'm the COO. It's time for me to make decisions. To And she's not been saying like, oh, I'm going to hold on to this. She's been like, no, please do. Go. like, Do your role. Do your thing. Go make the decisions. I don't want to think about it. Right? Mm -hmm. And to actually be the chief operations officer. So in the operations, for me to trust myself, to trust that also, if I mess up big, it will be okay. We will live through it. We will get better next time. Because there's this whole mindset shift that I had to take with no longer being an entrepreneur, but being a business owner Mm -hmm. and to own the fact that this is what I do. And if I'm going to do this long term, I have to make decisions now. I have to be able to put people in place that trust me, that I trust, and to know that I have the trust of the CEO behind me and that she will yank my chain, you know, and say so like, uh-uh, like we're not making that decision. Yeah. So that has been just this week of finally saying, okay, I'm owning it. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing and I'm going to quit downing myself. And to know too, I have Teresa to call. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm about to make this decision, you know, but also to pray and to just know that I've been placed in this position and so I have to own it. Um, yeah. So that's been the hardest thing to navigate, I guess. Mm,
0: that's so good. And you've been navigating it great. I mean, I think you and your mom both have such a strong faith, which I think is something that a lot of people miss mm-hmm. um, in life. And even you know, if they have faith, I think they also don't rely on that faith or or pray to have stronger faith to yeah. get them through times. But I think that you know, you and your mom, a lot of the things that you've been able to get through. I mean, you know, first and foremost, um, the passing, the tragic passing of your father. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of faith that goes into getting back up after, after life, like really throws you a curveball like that. And I think that you, like you both just handle things with such grace. Mm -hmm. So, which is amazing and just inspiring to see, you know, um, so what, What does the future hold for Reagan and Consume Coaching or
1: just Reagan? Oh man, so many things, prayerfully. Uh, (laughs) No, honestly, it will. It will hold many things. So uh, yeah, the future holds. Uh, We are in process of um, hiring more coaches onto our staff, which is very exciting. And then, yeah, just we are hosting events this next year. We're hoping to do four across the U.S. Uh, for kingdom coaches and kingdom entrepreneurs to be able to come to and really be sewn into to understand that business is also ministry and ministry and business are not separate. You make an impact. Whatever you do makes an impact. And so we're going to do it with intentionality. Also, for me, getting back into speaking again and doing all mm. of this, this has been very much a new not a new thing, but something I had to get back into because like I said earlier, 10 years of saying no to so many things. So yeah, that's kind of the new thing and owning it, walking this fully out. Yeah. So
0: exciting. So exciting. (laughs) So if you could go back and tell your younger self, give your younger self one piece of advice,
1: what would it be? The enemy is a liar. So quit listening. And that's the thing if we wouldn't listen to a pathological liar, correct? <laughs> and so yeah,
0: true, true.
1: And why do I listen to the enemy and this, yeah. so own it, walk it out. know that you were created by design. So don't listen to all of those lies anymore. It was funny.
0: I told um one of my clients, I said, would you listen to some person, some random stranger that's walking across, like walking next to you on the street, who's drunk as can be, shouting stuff at you, telling you you're a horrible human being? Would you listen to them?
1: Absolutely said, no. And
0: I'm like, well, then why would you listen to anybody out on the internet or even that crazy voice in your head that tells you you can't do it? Yes, Exactly. She's like, well, the crazy voice isn't drunk. And the people, <laughs> heard
1: that. I don't know if they're drunk either. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. Would you listen oh, to them? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh man, that's huge. Yeah. Because that's the thing is like, yeah, you tell it, shut up. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And that's the thing is we are designed to do this and it takes intentionality. It takes work. It is not something that's just going to happen. That is such a lie. Because man, I would love it if it just happened and I didn't have to get up Mm -hmm. and work my butt off to get this working, you know? But Mm -hmm. we were designed with a purpose to be able to fulfill it. And so, yeah, tell that voice in your head, tell the people on the internet or don't tell them, ignore those people. They don't need to have a place. I heard a quote recently from Tom Holland um, who played Spider-Man. Yeah, He said, if you have a problem with me, text me. And if you don't have my number, you don't have the right to have a problem with me. And I was like, that is so good because I we love that. And powerful. And so there are people that you allow at the table who can give you wise counsel, who could call you out on your crap. Right. Like they can call you out. But those other people, no, they don't have a seat. They're not allowed mm-hmm. to say a
0: so. so good. So good. Oh my gosh. This interview was amazing. I mean, uh-huh. I love I love having you on here. This has been phenomenal. I mean, so many gold nuggets. I know people are going to be rewinding and going back and listening (laughs) over and over again. So quick question before we wrap up and you can tell people where they can find you. Mm -hmm. What is something funny or interesting that most people don't know about you?
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. There's so many things. Oh, okay. I used to say this all the time in college. So on my dad's side of my family, I am both related to Billy Graham and Jesse James. And so we, we found out which side, you know, we went toward, right? Oh <laughs> so, my God. Yeah, My grandmother was going through the family tree and she told my grandfather, <laughs> she was like, did you know you're related to Jesse James? He goes, stop. We're not going any further on my side of the family.
0: And your mom, isn't your mom half Japanese? That's
1: right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. I remember when she told me that I was like, because for the longest time, I thought she was American Indian. And then I was like, and then when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting that. So yeah, Yes. Um, she's got such beautiful features, oh, you know? So seriously.
1: seriously. Yeah. And it's so fun because I've only had one person guess correctly the other side. Of my heritage, because I was like everyone sees I'm, if you see on the video, I'm dark, complexed, dark hair, dark eyes, all of that, because quarter Japanese. And so this lady stopped me whenever I was 18 and she was like, What's your ethnicity? And I was like, Oh, I'm a quarter Japanese. And she was an older lady. And she goes, No, 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 the other stuff. I was like, oh, okay. And I said, you know, Scottish, Irish, English, and Welsh. She was like, Oh, I could tell you were Scottish. And I was like, You could? And it was because of my eyes and nose, which looks just like my dad. And so she was like, That's I see it. It's crazy. And everyone guesses I'm Italian. So it's just funny. <laughs> I thought I thought American Indian, but yeah. I can see the Scottish.
0: Um, but Scottish, Irish, English, and Welsh, those are the Celtic, those are four of the Celtic nations. There's actually nine. Oh, wow. There's seven, but then there's like two additional ones. So yeah. So you have Scottish, Irish, English, Welsh. Then you have Galicia. You have Breton. And then I forget what the seventh one is, but then supposedly there's like two that kind of fit in there that are like, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so so cool. Breton's Mm -hmm. in France, Galicia's in Spain. Um, And then there's one more and I forget what it is
1: that's awesome you <laughs> should know this um, <laughs> yes we, uh, my grandfather on my mom's side my mom's dad he took the like 23andMe or the Ancestry.com mm. DNA thing, and he was like wow I'm 100% Anglo-Saxon and we were like you little rebel <laughs> like South Alabama boy he was like what? <laughs> like you brought some you like changed up the DNA pool like, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so funny
0: I have to do that 21 and day. I've never, I've never done it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so I have to, t- I'm going to talk my husband into doing it. So, oh, yeah. so yeah. so cool. So this is, like I said, this has been absolutely amazing. Please go follow Reagan on TikTok, Instagram. Um, they're on Facebook. You can follow her mom, Francine as well, mm-hmm. but tell people where they can find you guys besides yeah. social media.
1: Absolutely. So go to consumedcoaching.com and you can look at all of that. We are also about to do a revamp on the website. So get excited about that. I'm I'm excited. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. I get excited about fridges and websites like that. It's just weird. <laughs> but, um, so you can find us on consumedcoaching.com or on YouTube. And um, I have a podcast. And so it's called the Ivy Collective. And yeah, just connect with us there. I'd love for you to um, share your story with us. And also we offer a free one-on-one discovery coaching call. It's absolutely free. And let's just figure out your story and what God's called you to do. And awesome. out- and
0: they can opt in for that at consumecoaching.com, correct?
1: They yes.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, um, joining me today, joining the ghost today that <laughs> went into my mic. Um, I don't know what happened with that, but that was... joining Lucy and Annie in their barking fit. Um, but this has been awesome. And like I said, if you see Reagan, if you're watching the recording or you see her online, she has a very infectious smile and you know, they always say the eyes are the window to the soul and she has an absolute beautiful soul. So definitely go check her out online and visit consumecoaching.com book a call with her or one of their coaches and definitely move forward. So thank you so much for joining me and thank you everyone for listening. And I will see you again back here next week. Yeah, bye. (laughs) Hey there, thank you so much for listening. If you found value on the show, please follow the podcast so you never ever miss an episode. And I would love, love, love if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify for me. Even better, share the show with a fellow business owner ready to step fully into their CEO leadership role. Because right now more than ever, the world really needs next level leaders. And by the way, did you know you can text me all your questions and get real time feedback? You absolutely can. Just text the word CEO to me at 610-215-2838 to get connected one last goodie for you before I go. If you're ready to scale your business and have a co-creator working right by your side, my C-suite mentor program may be perfect for you and your possible new second in command. Just visit the thecsuitementor.com to get started.